0: Good morning, friends. Today is the first Sunday in Advent. My message title today is Prophets in Advent and Christmas, Oh My. We're going to be looking at Deuteronomy 18 to begin with. And in Deuteronomy 18, God promises through Moses to raise a line of godly prophets in Israel. That line would eventually culminate in one person who would be the prophet like me of verse 15 The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own brothers. You must listen to him. And then in verse 18 gives us the same promise in the Lord's own words. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers. I will put my words in his mouth and he will tell them everything I command him. Now Moses was the first and the greatest of all the Old Testament prophets since he spoke with God face to face and because he was the man God used to work the great miracles in Egypt and in the wilderness. No other prophet after his time would approach his greatness. Others would follow, Elijah, Elisha, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Micah, Zechariah, Malachi, just to name a few. These men ably fulfilled the twin roles of denouncing sin and predicting future events. And with regard to the 100% accuracy test, Anyone may check their words out and see whether their predictions came true or not. You might at this point ask what connection all this has to do with the Advent and the coming Christmas season. Well, actually, there's a very strong connection because the prophecy of Deuteronomy 18 specifically speaks of a prophet who will have four characteristics. He is raised up by God, meaning that he has a divine calling. He will be like Moses thus having intimate knowledge of God. He will be from among the people, an Israelite. He will speak with divine authority as a result of the preceding factors. Now, it's interesting to discover that the Jews had already understood that this prophecy would one day be fulfilled in a literal sense by the coming of the prophet, who would either be, A, come just before the Messiah, or B, would in fact be the Messiah. The evidence is clear and even overwhelming. Jesus is the prophet, like Moses promised in Deuteronomy 18. He's the ultimate fulfillment of a promise made 1,500 years before his birth. So you might ask, what does this fulfillment signify for us today in 2020? Why should it matter to us that Jesus is the great prophet sent by God? Well, let me suggest three important answers to that question. First of all, he declares the true word of God. When Jesus finished the Sermon on the Mount, his hearers commented that he spoke, quote, as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. That was in Matthew 7:29. Now, when I preach a sermon or when I record it like I'm doing today, I offer references and quotes and other Bible texts to back up what I'm saying because I have no authority in my own power to teach the things of God. But you know something? Jesus needed no footnotes. He had divine authority as the heaven-sent prophet of God. Let's consider just five statements about his words. He claimed divine authority for his words. He said his words would bring eternal life. He declared that his words would not pass away. He ordered his words carried around the world in Matthew 28. You know, the Great Commission, go and teach all nations. And he said that the ultimate destiny of men and women depended on their response to his words. Now, these are not the statements of, of a religious leader. I mean, only a prophet of God can make such claims, claims for himself. Therefore, when he speaks, he, we must listen because he speaks the true words of God. Now, second of all, he diagnoses the true human condition. At this point, I'm thinking of the controversy in Mark chapter 7 regarding the Jewish custom of ritual purification. In chapter 7, beginning of verse 20, Jesus plainly declared that what comes out of a man is what makes him unclean. From within, out of men's hearts, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly, All these evils come from inside and make a man unclean. In John chapter 3, verse 20, Jesus explains why men turn away from the truth even when it stares them in the face. He said, light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. You know, friends, there's something evil inside of every human heart that makes us instinctively hate the light and love the darkness. We turn away from the truth because it exposes the darkness inside. But Jesus saved his most scathing words for the ultra-religious leaders, the Pharisees. In Matthew chapter 23, he calls them a variety of names. Hypocrites, blind guides, fools, whitewashed tombs, snakes, and a brood of vipers. Because Jesus is the true prophet of God, he understands the secrets of the human heart. Nothing is hidden from him. Even though we cover our sin with a thin veneer of religiosity, it doesn't fool Jesus for one second. He sees through the sham, exposes the sin, and calls it what it really is. He knows the truth and he declares the truth, even when his words are sure to offend his hearers. Well, third, he predicts the true course of future events. Now, most of us realize that Jesus made certain specific predictions about his second coming. He described in some detail the moral condition of the world in the last days, the attacks on Israel and the rise of false religion and his own return to earth. One only has to study Revelation, as I've been doing for the last, I don't know, 8, 10, 12 weeks to understand all of that. I mean, his words on this subject can be found in Matthew chapter 24 and 25. <clears throat> you can read about it in Mark 13. You can read about it in Luke 17, John 14. And these events are yet future to us. We, uh, and since they are yet future to us, we cannot check them for accuracy. However, Jesus made at least five specific predictions that were fulfilled in his lifetime or shortly thereafter. And these we can check for accuracy. I mean, for example, he predicted that one of his inner circle would betray him, fulfilled by Judas. He predicted his crucifixion, fulfilled on Good Friday in Jerusalem. He predicted his resurrection, fulfilled on Easter Sunday in Jerusalem. He predicted the coming of the Holy Spirit, fulfilled at Pentecost. He even predicted the fall of Jerusalem, fulfilled in 70 A.D. by the Roman Roman army. See, once again, we see that our Lord passes the test with flying color. Everything he predicted came true exactly as he predicted it. This is precisely what we would expect of the true prophet of God. Let's go back one final time to Deuteronomy 18. When Moses promised a prophet like me, he added this important phrase in verse 15. You must listen to him. He also added a warning from God in verse 19. If anyone does not listen to my words that the prophet speaks in my name, I myself will call him into account. You see, friends, when a prophet speaks, you have only two choices. You either listen to what he says, or you disregard his words. There are no other options. If you say, I'm going to think about it, that is really the same as disregarding him. If Jesus is the prophet of God, then each person must either listen or, or disregard. You make a choice. There's no neutrality about him. You are either with him or against him. You either follow him or you ignore him. So what is your verdict about Jesus? Is he really the son of God? Can you stake your life on his words? Well, I urge you today to consider the claims of Jesus upon your life. Is Jesus really the son of God? If he is, then you can do nothing less then give him your heart. Crown him king of your life and join the millions who willingly worship him as Savior and Lord. Until next time, see the vision, live the mission, feel the passion. God bless.